Well, we are here for the memorial service for Claudia Jeannie Munoz. We'll call her Jeannie for the rest of the time, but her official name was Claudia Jean Munoz. Some scripture would be appropriate as we begin. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture, or he leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And one more passage, and this is one that was read to Jeannie often while she was at Paris Oasis and talking about uh, the future, the future that now is the present for her. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ from John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jeannie heard that scripture many times. The other one, I won't read it, but you can look up Psalm 34 later. Read the whole chapter to her, the whole psalm, many times. Psalm 34, it's a great one, and one of my favorites to read to people in the hospital and and such like that. A lot of comfort there. And remember, Jesus closed that particular scripture with, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning to honor a life that was well lived. It was well lived because it was lived for you. We're going to hear Jeannie's testimony from her own words, the very things that she knew to be true about herself, and then the realization that she needed a Savior and her coming to Christ. And Lord, now she's received the reward and the inheritance that belongs to those that look to you. We'll admit that her life was difficult for the last few years. She struggled as she maintained her job. She ended up being bedridden. But all the time, Father, through the good times and even some difficulties, she always looked to you and was glad to hear from the Word of God and glad to hear prayers for herself. And she always asked for a prayer list so she could pray for others. So, Lord, bless this service, those that speak. We pray that our memories of her would be fair and fond memories And may Jesus Christ receive the glory. In his name we pray. Amen. Jeannie was born in Tampa, Florida. That was a surprise to me. You know, I don't think she lived there long because she was a Texan at heart and a Southern Belle. But she was taken to the Lord on February 7th, 2003 in Paris, California. She didn't live in Paris, but that's where her rest home was for the last uh, two to three years of her life. She had a private caretaker there that would come 
and help her three days a week and, and with grooming and, and such like that. And Jeannie loved that lady. She loved the visits that she had from that lady. That afternoon on Tuesday, February 7th, she had a nice lunch uh, with velvet cake for dessert. And uh, she loved that. And we have velvet cake in her honor over in the other building along with some other goodies. Her lunch tray was gathered. Everything was normal. She took her nap. That was normal. But a couple hours later, the nurse came in and Jeannie was gone. I'm glad to tell you she passed away peacefully in her sleep to the way she wanted to go and the way the Lord was gracious to let her go. And of course, she was very precious to me and our family, so if I shed a few tears, I hope you'll forgive me for that. Jeannie was preceded in death by her father, Herman Eugene Molin, and her mother, Beverly Alois Molin, maiden name Molander, and uh, it's not a very big picture, but we have a picture of Jeannie and her mother there by the flowers. You can look at that later and remember her. Proceeded in death by her three sisters, Sharon, Marcia, and Joanne. Proceeded in death by a daughter, Amy, and survived by two grandchildren, Philip and Mary Jo. Yesterday, she was buried at the Greenville, Texas Cemetery, according to her wishes, and they had a small graveside service there. She lived in Texas for much of her life, moved to California, lived in various cities here, and um, settled in Hesperia, and then finally bought a condo in Fontana, right across from Kaiser Hospital, where she lived for 30 years, or worked for 30 years, sorry. And she won many awards, and, and uh, the Lord was gracious to her there. She finally had to retire because of health. She started attending church here at Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Ontario about 2006. And in 2008, she joined the church. And on that very Sunday, uh, some of her dearest friends joined with her, uh, Karen and Leo Montgomery and Brendan Fitzgerald. And both Leo and uh, Brendan will be speaking on her behalf here today. The last six years of her life were spent in various care facilities and finally settling in a private room in Paris Oasis in Paris, California. And that's P-E-R-R-I-S. I uh, don't think she ever went to the other Paris, though. More recently, you know, she was, let me say this. She was an independent woman and uh, rarely asked for help, you know. But in 2016, she asked me to help her to manage her finances, make sure that her bills were paid, make sure that things were taken care of which I was glad to do. Eventually, she just asked me to handle all of her finances, which I was glad to do. It was a great emotional crisis for Jeannie uh, when her sister, uh, Marcia, died of MS. And then, more recently, uh, she took a real downturn when her sister, Sharon, passed away, very unexpectedly, because Sharon and her talked almost every day on the phone. Uh, Jeannie would call Sharon often, uh, she would call Sharon to ask the nurses to come and turn her. You know, that's the kind of way it was. Of course, Sharon's up in Northern California. And uh, anyway, they were close companions. You know. Jeannie always had hopes of 
going back to her condo in Fontana. We didn't want to squash those hopes. So it's a bit of a money drag, but we kept it going and, and uh, paid the HOA, paid for the condo, and, and uh, just did that. Didn't want to actually take it away from her because that's something that she had. She finally was willing to sell her car, you know, and that was a blessing, and uh, sold it to, to John and, and Rachel, and she was thrilled to find out that they bought it, you know, and so that car is getting good use. The car comes to church every Sunday, even though Jeannie no longer drives it here. And then about a year later, maybe less than that, maybe six months later, she said, I'm not going to go back to Fontana. I know that. Please sell my condo. And so we did. And with the help of Pat and Debbie Quick, who really just um, devoted almost uh, a day a week to go out there with us to, to work on it, and then so many of, of you, precious brethren, came out on, on two different work days, and we accomplished so much on those work days. We had to empty that condo out because of the way it was sold, and um, it had to be left empty. And uh, so it was, and it was sold, and that was a big relief to Jeannie because she knew that uh, she would be well taken care of. Her, she would not outlive her money, and that was a blessing. And... Um, from that time when she's talked about going home, it meant something different than going to Fontana. Those of you that know her know she suffered with a lot of pain. During the entire time I knew her, she suffered with pain, usually complaining about uh, her face pain that she had. I'm glad to tell you, about the last three months of her life, I asked her, do you have face pain? No, my, my face pain's gone. She didn't have that anymore. The Lord was gracious there. And, um, you know... She was in that facility during COVID lockdown, not allowed visitors. And um, really at that time, uh, Paris Oasis and the staff uh, became kind of like her family. You know, you can call her on the phone, but uh, the only people she was seeing were those that worked at Paris Oasis. And then hospice got involved and that was a blessing. A couple of nurses were very precious to Jeannie and uh, then the caretaker that she had, who had been a nurse, and Jeannie loved her so much, the nurse went into uh, really just doing things privately. Well, that was the one we got to hire, and she'd see Jeannie three days a week. Just in final thoughts here, before we go to the next phase, and uh, Brother Brendan's going to come and, and speak some words that he has, because he's been important to her, used to visit her, then called her on the phone after that. Jeannie found simple pleasures in that little room that she lived in. It was actually a fairly good-sized room. And she always, um, at Paris Oasis, was able to have a private room, which she loved. I mean, she lived in that condo alone for 20 years, so that's what she was used to, you know. She played CDs on her DVD player, played DVDs on it too, kept up with our church's sermons. She played that DVD player often. She had a, just a stash of movies. She'd listen to her favorite um, non-SGBC preacher, which was R.C. Sproul. I think she had just about everything that Sproul did. Some of them were on cassette tapes, so not too much use for that. But she had the CDs too. Her TV was usually on, showing her favorite old-time shows. 
Uh, she could change the channel, but she rarely did. She was always watching uh, Channel 14, MeTV, uh, that shows the old shows, you know, and the old comedies and the old westerns, and that's what she liked. And if it wasn't playing, it was usually on in the background. I could go on and on and on, but I want to give time to her friends, Brendan and Leo. So, Brendan, I'll ask you to come first, and then uh, Dr. Leo Montgomery, you can come next, please. Good morning. My name is Brendan. Uh, welcome to Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. Welcome family, friends, fellow brothers and sisters of, in Christ as we gather for this life memorial service for our beloved sister in Christ, Jeannie. Jeannie is now absent from the body, present with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, only Savior of sinners such as we all are. In Psalm 116.15, we read, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And in 1 John 3.1, we read, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. As Pastor Steve already said a, a moment ago, and when I, when I think about that, that when Pastor Steve gave me the news that evening while I was at work, praise God for his tender mercies that, that Jeannie went the way she did on that day uh, peacefully because she did live with pain on a, on a daily basis. So... It was a beautiful Sunday, sunny afternoon that day. Uh, her favorite caretaker, who she mentioned to me on many occasions, her name is Fabio. And Fabio, if you're listening online, I want you to know that you are a godsend to Jeannie. Uh, she looked forward to you. Jeannie liked having her hair being done and her nails and so forth. And amongst the other things, and, and Fabio was there for, again, God bless you, Fabio. Jeannie, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Her body has now gone to the grave where we will all return to at God's appointed time. And it's now awaiting its resurrection when the Lord who created it returns with his angels in glory from above. My friendship with Jeannie began back in, I would say, 2008, when I was actually coming here, I believe, in 2006, but I didn't become a member until 2008. On that day, there was me, Jeannie, Brother Leo, and his wife, Sister Karen. She was a soft-spoken and very independent person who always sat right there in the back behind Brother Christian. And she, she wasn't one to stay very long after services. 
as you can imagine, she had fibromyalgia in the face, so it, it, it made it difficult to speak and, and to eat. Um, around 2015, um, her health started to go in uh, a, a more sharp decline. Uh, on top of fibromyalgia, she also had the MS issues, which I believe affected her legs. So there in her condo, uh, she took a few nasty falls, as you might all remember, which affected her back. Um, so I would say in the beginning, we kind of just knew each other from afar because I tended to sit towards the front. She sat in the back. And so it would just be short exchanges, encouraging words uh, of faith towards one another. But I, so around 2015, I started sitting right next to her there in the back. I don't know if it was because she asked me to sit by her or I just went and sat by her. And I fondly remember just holding her hand when Pastor Steve or Pastor Mike would uh, pray before the congregation. I would hold the hymn book as we sang the hymns together. I remember one time during a communion service where she gave me her communion cup because she couldn't take it. Just over a few years ago, I remember many conversations, whether they're in the health care facility or over the phone. Um, after our conversation would come to an end, you know, I always tried to encourage her from the word. Um, Psalm 73 comes to mind. Uh, if my flesh or heart should fail, uh, Lord, you are my portion um, to whom do I have in, have in heaven but you, it, you? You are my strength and my portion. But she would affectionately, she started calling me Peach. And she would say, I love you. I'm praying for you. And she'd always ask me about family members, uh, what Pastor Steve was preaching on, uh, thankful and appreciative to brothers and sisters in Christ here to uh, what they're doing through phone calls, letters, cards. She's, she always wanted to make it known that she was very appreciative. Funny thing, um, one day uh, a brother in Christ mistakenly thought in conversation, she thought that Jeannie was my wife. <laughs> or married on that path. Um, again, as Pastor Steve said, uh, Jeannie was a petite lady, but as I recall, Oscar, I, I, I think she had a feisty spirit too. Uh, she was a strong, independent woman. And when I came to, to know her, when I started coming here, um, she was living alone in her condo 
So this strong, independent genie had to let it all go one day. She began a very trying time through going through four different health care facilities before she landed there in Paris Oasis. Uh, trust me, she had, she had many complaints, of me, as you could imagine. And, and the last thing I remember in one of my visits at her condo, the last thing she wanted to go to was a health care facility. And I think we can all sympathize with that. Uh, so again, thank, uh, thanks, thank God for people like Fabio. I mean, there's people there that don't belong there, but praise God that there are people there that it is a most difficult job if, if you've been in healthcare facilities. Um, again, that was the last place she wanted to go to. A um, couple other. She had quite a personal theological library, Jeannie. Uh, she loved nature, looking at it from this is God's creation. Um, again, she was very supportive of Ligonier Ministries. Uh, R.C. Sproul, I guess, was her favorite teacher after Pastor Steve. Um, supportive of various other ministries. Uh, a couple of other recollections. I remember she loved musicals. I remember... We were talking about My Fair Lady one day and how she loved the, if you're familiar with the, the musical, she loved the dress that Eliza Doolittle wore. Um, uh, Dr. Shivago, there's a theme called Laura's theme. She, lo she loved Dr. Shivago. Um, but again, the Jeannie was called home. She she suffered greatly. But isn't this the way it goes for all of us, brothers and sisters in Christ? However, God will have it for his glory. As Pastor Steve always said, in this world, as Jesus said, in this world we will have trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome it. Jeannie knows this more now than we on this side of glory know. This is our hope that's unseen on this side. So following that, Jesus in John 21, 18, tells his disciple Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. In the refrain for the hymn, Near the Cross, which has been going through my mind, singing it to myself uh, since I got the news from Pastor Steve, the refrain goes like this, In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. I was and I still am Jeannie's brother in Christ. Jeannie's testimony didn't end last February 7th. It's only be begun. It's, it's, it's going on in eternity and it will be without 
this sinful nature that we struggle with on this side of glory. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. grace and peace in the name and in the blood of the only true Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I've already been named by the pastor, Dr. Leo Montgomery, and I want to give my greetings to the people who are here from our congregation and friends, but I also want to greet those who are in Texas. I'm from Louisiana, so you're my neighbor, and uh, we know about proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. So again, we, we are here for the situation of a, uh, a loved one who's, uh, who's gone on, but again, as my brother Brendan and the pastor already said, uh, we know where Jeannie is and, and we have hope. So we praise God for that. Not unusual in this church, and Jeannie would be able to attest this. Uh, I have my scripture already ready. I like to begin any talk with the Word of God. I mean, what else do I have? My sister Jeannie was always in the Word of God. So I said, I've got the scripture. I know what I'm going to present today. It just happens to be John 14, 1 through 4. Has anybody heard that recently? Maybe in the last couple of... For those in Texas, this is the Spirit of God working, even in California. So praise God. So what that has done is save me some time, because the Scripture hasn't changed. To read it again uh, would be redundant. But I want to say this, that it afforded me the opportunity to, to talk about my love for, for, for Jeannie. Uh, on February the 5th, had my wife called the facility by the prompting of the Spirit. And I said, honey, call them and see what I have to do to be there, because I'm ready to visit my sister. It's been a while. So she gets on the phone, and, and we're trying to figure out what will it take to get in the facility. Before it was really restricted, couldn't, couldn't go. But the lady on the other end says, uh, well, in order to come, you just need uh, a mask and your temperature checked. I said, praise God for that. So based on that, I plan to go Wednesday to see her. I woke up Wednesday morning and I picked up my suit mentally. I had my tie ready. I, you know, I had my time frame. But before I started getting ready, I looked at my emails. And Pastor Steve had let me know my sister in the Lord had gone on. And I'm one of truth. My first thought was, Jeannie, why did you go now? I, I could have visited you one more time. I said, that would have been marvelous. And then the spirit of the true and living God, who is my psychologist, said, think about what you're thinking about. And by the end of it all, it was, you wanted to suffer one more day, but I brought her home. And my folks, it did not take long for me to say, praise be to my Lord, my God, my one who does all things well. 
He had brought my sister out of meeble functioning into his kingdom. So I was able to get over that. Now, for, for what we're doing today, there's just too much. Uh, for those, again, in Texas and here, it's too much. This sister would take many hours to even begin to, to scratch the surface. But in preparing this talk, I said, there are two possible titles or themes for this thing. One was, in Jeannie Munoz, we had someone special among us from God himself. The other thing that came to mind as a, as a title for this would be, by God's grace, mercy, and love, Jeannie has flown away to the celestial kingdom. Again, my brothers and sisters in Texas and in the South, you would know this would be a, a common song to be sung for saints who have gone on to be with the Lord. So in, in that process, I began to say, what, what was special about my sister? What, what did uh, our time together, what is it I, I knew, I learned, I, I loved, I, I, I almost wanted to imitate at times? Well, it backed up to when I first met Jeannie, again, in our having our testimonies here. Before this congregation, my sister would tell us she was called out of darkness, of sinning into the redemptive light of God. Her testimony conveyed humility, thankfulness to God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, it was at that point because of her testimony, because of even the early stages, uh, the four of us became quite close in the church. We remained friends. God, by putting her in her presence, made a bond that, again, we have, and it was so strong. So we praise God for that. But it was Jeet who exhibited the traits that made us love her and want to be with her and uh, share our walk. Now, during the worshiping and fellowshipping with this saint, she began to have the obvious medical problems. We've talked about those. And for those who don't know or uh, the, the, the degree if you were in Texas or weren't able to see her, these were severe problems. As a matter of fact, my sister went from walking independently, then she went to using a cane, then she went to a walker, and then finally she was bedridden. Pain, and talked about that by the pastor and others, pain sometimes severe and unrelenting, is something she battled for quite a period of time. But my brothers and sisters, through it all, our sister in the Lord was a testimony to her faith in and dependence on Christ. In a state of this affliction that was sent her way, she, like very few persons I've known, had a deep trust in our triune God. She would speak of her love for Christ, her love for me, her brother in the Lord, my wife, Pastor Steve and First Lady Becky, her co-heir of heaven, Brother Brendan, and other members of the congregation and family and friends. This was our sister, and praise God for it. Sometimes, because 
of my sister's traits and the affliction that she dealt with. She had a quality that I, I would admire. She remained to have a sense of contentment, believing her God had not left her nor forsaken her. She would voice her belief and desire to fly away one day to a better place and circumstances in the heavenly realm. There was a peace about my sister that could only come from the spirit of God himself. It seems she knew her period of affliction would end at her Lord's appointed time and not a second before, not a second after. Only then would she be able to fly away. After years of limited physical functioning and bouts of pain, she was only able to endure her situation by the grace of the true and living God. She knew based on the word of God that he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Matthew 24, 13. She had the faith of Job. So praise God. I'm trying to give you this, this picture. This was a special person to us from God himself. Now at times quite naturally, my sister in Christ would have periods of being upset. Uh, she could do that, by the way, and Brother Brendan and Pastor Steve know. Uh, some of you have been able to avoid this situation. But um, it was okay. She's still of the flesh. It was of the flesh. But these were typically brief. And quite quickly, she would return to what I call her gentle spirit, just the quietness and humility, uh, again, that I don't often see. A servant of God, Jeannie would fulfill the command to treat others as she wanted to be treated. If someone were in need, what would she do? She'd provide what she could. If prayer was needed, she would do that. While still physically able, she would send uplifting cards to others. And I'd be surprised at times that I would receive a card. It's like, Jeannie, I mean, you've got enough going on. You're, you're, you're in a state, and you're finding time to send someone else a card. Praise God for her. She shared her belief in her salvation by Christ alone. While not usually specific, just in conversations, she would make it clear that she had lived far, far from a perfect life. And I told her one point, I know that because I know my own life, so you know, this is not, not something um, we could brag about. She voiced a conviction and confidence that she would, in spite of this, fly away to the kingdom after her numbered days, which were by the Lord. She knew that she had been saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Very enduring qualities of my sister and the Lord Jeannie were her humility, her servant spirit, spirit, and her not bringing attention to herself. A quick, we have time, we've talked about this for a while, Jeannie was around, and uh, I didn't even know her, didn't even, <laughs> she, she, she was here, it's only after the testimonies that she came to, to light um, in my life. So... She became known in our conversations that she would give praise to God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit from her lips. 
My sister had many reasons to complain of her circumstances. She really did, truly. However, she exhibited great patience and control that at times made me a little envious, a little embarrassed, and a little ashamed. Because as a man of God, I had a woman model in my life who truly had faith that showed she knew someone who counted. And that was our God. So I'll conclude in a little bit. She taught me one thing as I tried to imitate her as she imitated Christ, was that she showed that as a saint that we could cry out and call on the name of the Lord for comfort. You guys, most of you cannot know what it's like to be bedridden 24 hours a day, having no ability to bathe, feed, uh, even save yourself in the event of a fire or any other calamity at the total mercy of those around you. It, it, it's, I still have trouble. But this is what Jeannie did. Her faith allowed her to survive. Now let me get to what I call here the conclusion of the matter <laughs> regarding Jeannie's life in that she knew the Lord unto salvation. Her faith and comfort were in Christ alone. She loved others as Christ had loved her and was confident, she was confident and assured of her salvation. Some degree of that was beyond what I typically see in people I know in the faith. But by, again, the grace and the spirit, she had that. She knew that one day she would fly away and be with him. We who remain in this realm can be confident in Jeannie's faith as to where she ended up after this life. I have, have no doubt. For my people in Texas, if you're listening, <laughs> you know in the South we have this saying that there will be a saint somewhere in your congregation in your life that they exhibit the grace, the mercy, the peace, the love of Christ and by their testimony, you know they know him. And we would say about these people, usually little old ladies, 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever the case may be, and we would say about them, we would say, look, if so-and-so is not in heaven, we have very little chance of being there ourselves. If Jeannie Munoz is not in heaven, I don't know. I know, I know it's not likely I'm going to be there. Matter of fact, again, if I have a few more minutes, Pastor, just a few, or we need to, a few more minutes. Sometimes when I would visit Jeannie in the facility, she would, uh, she would be saying things, proclaiming the Lord. She would talk to me again about even cultural things. And I knew she loved music. So one time we were talking about music, and I said, Gene, I'm going to bring you some music. I said, uh, you know, I'm from the South. I'm going to bring you some, some tapes from, you know, maybe black Baptist churches. And so I brought her some, and then one day we were discussing. 
And she said to me, I love Negro gospel songs. I looked at her and I said, in my semi-ebonics, I said, girl, what do you know about black music? And she says, I love songs. Pastor has said she loved all kinds of music. So where am I going with this? So I'd bring her music, stuff like uh, Climbing Jacob's Ladder. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Some other songs and other songs. But today I want to say there's a southern, typically gospel song that I want to bring forth in memory of our sister. But there's more than that. As this song is being played, I'd like you to, first of all, sing along if you would like. But it is something that reminds me to be like Jeannie. One final thing I have to say, Pastor, and then we'll go to the song and uh, Brother Joe will play it. All of the things I've mentioned about my sister, Jeannie had a purpose. God put her here for a purpose. And that purpose is to remind us that while we profess Christ in Jesus, it is not a cognitive thing. It is a life. It is an all-encompassing, all-fulfilling thing. There is no, oh, I know God, but then I'm in this world showing no light, no salt. I'm in this light, but I don't proclaim salvation in the only name that counts. It's not one when I go through trials that I just succumb without a sense that the Lord is with me. Because Jeannie Munoz was consistent with the word of God that says in Galatians 5, through 26, the word says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And then the word of God says this. He says, against such as these, there is no law. And, and I know, as much as I can know as a human being, my sister is in the kingdom of heaven because her faith in Christ Jesus, the only means of salvation, her testimony of that faith, and her knowing her scriptures. We who are here can learn from Jeannie that whether in affliction, whether in good times, that we are to be in imitation of Christ, who exhibited all those traits to the infinite and perfect degree. So now in the memory of my sister, I would like us to uh, stand if you can. You have music sheets on your, in your pews. We're going to play the music, um, and because of the way we're set up, you just sing along if you can and would with the song. So, Brother Joe, whenever you're ready, uh, we can start. It's called I'll Fly Away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord God who has provided the way of salvation for those who trust in him. You know who trusted in him and now is in glory is our sister, Claudia. Jeannie Munoz. I could pray, but for time, come on up. Thank you. Maybe seated. 
Those are good remembrances of Jeannie. We're thankful for them, from those that knew her and loved her, as so many of you did. We realized that um, a lot of the people that do know Jeannie and loved her have actually moved away. Maybe they're in Iowa, maybe they're in Florida, maybe they're in Texas. And of course, she has family in Texas. And uh, we would suspect that many are watching. And if you missed it, you'll be able to watch it. We're going to keep it on our website, too. And now I'm going to give you Jeannie's testimony in her own words. I'm going to read this to you from 2008. This is when she joined the church. So if you get mad, get mad at Jeannie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ephesians 2.4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, it is by grace you have been saved. I was raised in a Christian home. We attended the local Methodist church in Dallas, Texas. I never doubted that we were Christians. I must have heard the gospel preached many times. I knew Jesus had died for us, and someday we were going to heaven and become angels. That's what I thought. After high school, I married. We had one child. I was divorced a few years later. I stopped going to church. Several years later, a friend suggested we start going to church together, which we did. Eventually, I found a local church, Calvary Temple, which I began to attend regularly. By God's grace, I began listening to the sermons. One Sunday evening, while I was listening to the sermon, I realized I was in the presence of God and an unknown to me feeling of reverence came. God's word began to penetrate my heart and reveal my sinful, shameful state. I was devastated and sorry for being such a dreadful sinner. I knew I had never been a Christian, but instead a disgrace before God. For the first time, I knew I desperately needed the Savior. God was clearly showing me how corrupt my life was and God was calling me to repent and to turn to him. I found myself believing in Jesus. A light seemed to come on in my mind and in my heart. I know God was drawing me to himself, to Jesus. God was extending, even bestowing forgiveness to me because of Jesus. He was pouring love into my heart. I knew that God loved me and that God was saving me, and my heart was filled with joy and love towards God. Even now, I stand in wonder that God could love me in spite of my sins. God changed my life dramatically. My thoughts were no longer so much about myself, but were about him. Swearing, drinking, other outward sins began to disappear almost immediately. I was amazed at the marvelous things the Lord had done and was doing in this poor sister's life. God had sparked a passion in me to begin to learn more, as much as possible, about him. I began to read the Bible. I began to be more clearly, I began to more clearly understand something of the greatness of God and his work in a sinner's heart. Sermons became clearer in the light of God's word. I wanted to be at church and within God's people and with God's people. I wanted to have God's word preached over me, and the Lord was helping me to grow in my new faith in Jesus. I also learned that we don't become angels. But much better than that, now we have become God's children. After all these years, 
almost many years, or I'm sorry, almost 30 years after studying and meditating on God's Word, remember that's 2008, after all these years, almost 30 years, after studying and meditating on God's Word, after reading many excellent Christian books, after hearing hundreds of wonderful sermons, I still stand, as I did at the beginning, before God as a sinner, saved by grace, and daily marvel at His great mercy and love and grace towards us because of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this testimony is for the glory of God. Jeannie Munoz. A final sermon. It'll be short. Because it'll be sufficient to be short. But what I have to say is of monumental importance. And if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, nothing could be more important than what you're about to hear right now. Three words characterize the life of every Christian. These are three words that we live by, three words that we proclaim to others. We can remember them. I hope that they'll burn in your memory and you'll remember them. It's a blessing. It's a great thing. God saves sinners. God saves sinners. First of all, God. The God who made the universe, the God whose glory is reflected in the universe, the God who made man in his own image and placed him in the Garden of Eden, where, as most of you know, Adam and Eve lived and sinned and plunged the human race and all of creation into sin. This God can be known by the glorious creation that reflects his glory. This God could be known to be kind because of the beauty of his creation. This God is obviously orderly because look how everything holds together by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. This God can also be known to have wrath. Think of the storms that we're exhibiting right now. Think of the earthquakes the, the horror that happened over in Turkey. Think of the volcanoes. Yes, he is a god of wrath. Nature itself shows that. This god, though, can be known to be loving. All you have to do is watch nature. You ever, you ever watch, you know, the animals and, and the mother animals that will even give their own life for their babies? They'll do anything. To, to keep those babies safe. God put that in them. Talks about the ostrich that uh, doesn't do that. She's a strange bird, you know. Doesn't even care for her own chicks and even steps on their eggs sometimes, you know. But by and large, you see the love of God reflected even in the animals, but how much more in human beings that are made in the image of God. The Bible tells us, you know, God says in Isaiah 49, 15, of his people, and it applies to us in this new covenant age too, can a mother forget her nursing child? Yea, they may forget, but I will not forget you. That's the word of the Lord. So we can know a lot by creation, know a lot about God. But what we can't know from creation 
is the fact that God comes into relationship with us through his son, Jesus Christ the Lord. It's because of his love. It's because of his grace. But there's a problem, a problem that we all live with, a problem that we know, a problem that's been spoken about already this morning, a problem that Jeannie recognized and knew. A problem has come between ourselves and God. And the problem is sin. Sin has separated us from God. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by choice. We fell in Adam. And then we gladly wallow in that sin. We sin. And we need to be saved. God saves sinners. Saves. What is he saved from? Yeah. I saw it. I saw it mouth out there. They were right. God saves us from himself. We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from his justified wrath against sin. We're saved from our sin by Jesus Christ because we cannot save ourselves. God saves sinners. Okay, how does he save? By faith. He saves us by faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who died and rose again, defeating death for all that know him. God saves us by faith. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. God saves us by faith. God saves us by faith, by our believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, by our trusting in him and him alone. A verse you'd, I think you'd have to live in a cave not to know this verse. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him could be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But the verse doesn't end there. Verse doesn't end there. Sometimes people have mistaken views of the Bible because they don't read far enough. We, the Bible's a big book. We need to read it. We need to read it in context. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And then you can go, flip over to 524 in the book of John. And Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And then John 336. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. God saves sinners. Sinners. God saves sinners. And you know what? Those are the only people God saves. He didn't come to call the righteous to repentance because there is no non-righteous, no, not one. He didn't come to call the righteous to repentance People sometimes 
think that they're okay because they compare themselves to others. No. Absolute perfection is necessary to be with God. Absolute perfection. Then you say, well, nobody can. Nobody can except God found a way. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to merit salvation for us. So we don't earn salvation. He earned salvation for all who believe in him and trust in him. And I'll take it one step further that really makes this cool. He gives us the ability to believe. It's he that opens our heart so that we will believe. I pray that he'll open your heart. I pray that he'll show you the only savior of sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just trust in him, believe in him, and you shall be saved. You're not too wicked. You're not too vile. You haven't gone too far astray. You're breathing. So there's still hope for you. Your hope is... Your hope is not that you're good enough to be saved. Your hope is not that you can reform your life to such an extent that you can be saved. That's all false hope. Your only hope is in the fact that you are a sinner. And God saves sinners. And that's the only people that he saves. Because you're a sinner, you need a savior And true Christians are saved, saved sinners by the grace of God. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for a a life that's well lived. We thank you for a gospel that was believed. And Lord, if the passing of Jeannie would cause one soul to come to you, Lord, I know she'd be thrilled. She'd be glad to have spent six years almost bedbound and the last three years totally bedbound. If she knew that one soul came to you because of her testimony and because of the gospel she believed and the hearing of it, Lord, she would say it's all worth it. It was all worth it. So, Lord, we thank you for our sister We thank you for the love she showed, the love she had for you, the love that you had for her before the foundation of the world. It's an amazing thing. But Lord, this is what you do. You come to us at the time appointed and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But the flip side of the coin is just as real. He who rejects and he who refuses to come shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on them. Father, I pray for all that heard the message today. I pray there would not be one that the wrath of God would abide upon, but that all would come, for the invitation is freely given. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Rest, eternal rest, which isn't a cessation from doing anything, This is rest, it's security, it's safety in the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the things that we all desire, and these are the things that you give to those that believe on you.
We thank you for your love, your grace, and mercy. May Jesus Christ be praised. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 And that does conclude our service today. We thank you for being part of it. Thank you for the testimonies that we heard and for the words that were given. We do have some light refreshments over in the fellowship hall. Uh, if you make a real quick dash, you'll only get somewhat wet as you head over there with this uh, unbelievable rainstorm that, that we're enduring in Southern California. You know, we wonder what this is all about, you know. Well, it's filling up our reservoirs. That's what we pray is happening. Um, we'll see. Uh, and uh, God's good to us. But may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. 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 Thank you.